Welcome to the FinTech One-on-One Podcast, episode number 326. This is your host, Peter Renton, chairman and co-founder of Lended FinTech. Today's episode is brought to you by Lended FinTech LATAM, the region's leading FinTech event. It's happening both online and in person in Miami on December 7th and 8th. Latin America is still the hottest region for fintech in the world, and Lend at Fintech LATAM features the leading players in the region. So join the LATAM fintech community this year, where you will meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. In-person and virtual tickets are available at lendit.com slash LATAM. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Dan O'Malley. He is the CEO and co-founder of Numerated. Now, Numerated is a really interesting company. They have a, a somewhat unique story insofar as they were incubated inside a 200-year-old bank, not the typical fintech founding story. But today, they are a really well-established fintech focusing on business banking. They bring automation and technology to banks for dealing with business lending. We talk about that in some depth, how they do that, what their approach is, what the the pandemic, uh, the impact of the PPP and everything um, around that, what that had on banks, particularly when it comes to dealing with their business customers. We talk about um, the state of digital lending today, what the future holds, what are some of the trends that are most interesting, and what's next. It was a fascinating episode. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thank you for uh, having me. I'm excited to chat. Likewise. So let's get started by giving the listeners some background. Love you to sort of walk us through your career journey leading up to your, your current role at Numerated. At heart, I'm basically a giant nerd. was trained <laughs> as a data scientist in college. My first job was building data science models for retailers to do pricing and store space allocation. And then I just kind of by happenstance got into financial services and went to go work for, I guess I would call it the first fintech, Capital One. Right. Used models and math to stuff a lot of people's mailboxes with direct mail pieces and <laughs> you know helped transform the early innings of consumer credit, which was a ton of fun. When I was at Capital One and saw what you could build with data and financial services, I really got the bug for building and was crazy enough to believe I could maybe do it myself and uh, founded a company back in 2008, which uh, if you rewind your brain, not a super great time to start a financial services company as the world was ending. But nonetheless, I founded the first neobank in the US, a company called Perk Street. Mm Mm-hmm. Went on a pretty good ride at Perk Street. We were a little before our time, but achieved some pretty great growth. We're doing a billion dollars a year in transaction volume through our platform at our peak. Sold off the assets of that business and then went back into a financial services company. Went into a bank. Went into the seventh oldest bank in the United States, actually. Wow. It was crazy. And I brought a whole team of entrepreneurs into the bank to build, build technology. And the result became the numerated platform, which we spun out of uh, Eastern Bank about four and a half years ago. So that's kind of my my journey. So tell us a little bit about that founding story, because I know that you know Eastern Bank, as you say, is a very old bank, but uh, not old when it comes to uh, you know, technology and forward thinking kind of uh, practices. But 
I've read a bit about it. Like there, were, there was Eastern Labs, I believe, that I think you helped start. And then was the intention always to spin out something or was this just like a natural outcome? The intention was to spin something out. We called it the grand bargain as <laughs> we were structuring labs and putting it together. I had a team of entrepreneurs who wanted to build and we actually wanted to build inside of a bank with access to customers and a balance sheet, payments rails. And then the bank really needed to transform. You know, it was a 200 year old institution, extremely conservative and knew that it needed to change. And so the grand bargain was I bring a team of entrepreneurs in, get to build and in the process, you know, help the bank transform its culture and how it goes to market. We basically set out to have three years together. And I kind of told uh, Bob Rivers, who's now the CEO, I was like, I don't think we can stand each other for more than three years. <laughs> <laughs> and so, man, we got to like get in, do our thing, build some magic, and then, and then get out. And three years and about a week after we created Eastern Labs, we spun Numerator out. Okay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Numerator? Describe what you guys do and why what you're doing is important. Obviously, financial services is in the midst of a massive digital transformation. You know, we first set out, first at Eastern and then as numerated, to digitize how banks go to market. In the beginning, we called it, hey, we're going we're gonna to go build the Shopify for banks so they can put their products, you know, into digital channels and sell. And then the more we started working on that, the deeper we went, we realized, like, we've actually really got to build the, the whole stack for a bank to make decisions and move data around and interact with customers, like we got to go all the way down. And so what we have ended up building is a way to digitize the entire lending process for financial institutions and the, the businesses that they engage with. And it's incredibly important for a few reasons. One, banks historically have been just wildly inefficient. And so helping them create efficient processes, you know, important for them to be able to make money in the modern world. Two, banks need to be able to put their product now wherever customers want it. It could be on their website. It could be embedded in other channels. It needs to be where the customers are. And there simply is not a platform to do that outside of numerator for financial institutions on the business side. And so um, we view ourselves as providing an essential piece of technology for banks to even exist in the digital world. I go to your website and it says, Business banking made easy. So are you focused on business side of things or, or consumer as well? Today, we are exclusively focused on business. Right. As I'm sure as most of your listeners know, you know, for the vast majority of banks, business is where they make all their money, right. not on consumer. And so we have focused on helping them digitize in business. I presume you're, you're selling this product to banks. Who's been most responsive? What are the kinds of banks that you're working with? You know, it's really a mix. I mean, we, we have banks as small as 80 million in assets and as big as 300 billion in assets. So it's a pretty big spread. I would say there's probably two different use cases for using numerated. If you're a larger financial institution or a regional bank above 10 billion in assets, you've got some pretty good small business volume that you're doing and you've got to make it efficient. You've got to make it effective. You've got to compete. And so we provide simply the best experience in the market for both the bank and their customer. In small business, those high volume banks really need a platform for that. The second use case is for smaller financial institutions where they honestly don't have any sophisticated business lending technology in the bank. Maybe they've got some back office tools, but they've never done digital lending before. 
Right. And so for those banks, we actually just help digitize them and really the entirety of their business banking products. And it's not just about small business. It's about any product that they offer in business banking. Okay. So then maybe you could tell us the, the breadth of the services. I mean, is this from onboarding digitally a new loan customer? Are you doing underwriting, going through origination and servicing? What, what do you provide in that across the spectrum? The vision we've set out to build is fully digital end-to-end loan origination and servicing. And we have most of that today, but there are you know some parts we're still working on. So we will take an application, underwrite it, use all of our data tools to power that underwriting. And then we will move the loan into the kind of documentation and closing process, which it's funny for when you think about consumer lending, it's pretty easy to close a loan when you've got a business with multiple owners, with multiple signers, officers, you might have two different companies involved in the loan. It gets kind of complicated. And so digitizing all of that is difficult. And so we, we power all of that and then we will go and create the loan and whatever the ledger or the servicing system is for the institution. And then afterwards, we are increasingly helping banks manage that loan too. Again, there's complexity in business loans where you might be requiring the business to meet certain thresholds for cash flow or assets or levels of other debt. Managing all of that and tracking all of that is is typically manual in most financial institutions. Hmm. We're increasingly helping banks automate that as well. So it's really the full life cycle of a loan. Right, right. So I imagine anyone in the business lending space has had a pretty interesting last couple of years. Maybe you could just take us through what it was like for Numerator. Like, I think I did read that you were involved in the PPP, but just take us through the, the last couple of years of how you've worked with your clients. So if you rewind to like two years ago, pretty different world back then. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're two years in business. Business is going great. But we are trying to convince banks that they should digitize their lending because customers want it to be much more efficient. We were still trying to convince banks of the future, and it kind of hadn't really arrived yet in their minds. It was coming soon. Right. And then all of a sudden, COVID hits, and every bank is a digital bank for a period of, you know, four or five weeks. And then the PPP program starts to come together, and all of these digital banks, which is every bank, (laughs) have to do a lot with high efficiency and high automation because they know that all their business customers are going to ask for loans. From the government. And so it was like the perfect lightning strike for us. The future that we were building arrived and it, it just happened all at once. And so we started getting phone calls. We configured a PPP product on our platform and what ended up being two or three days. And then we just started signing deals. And uh, normally banks take like a really long time to make decisions. And we were assigning contracts like same day. <laughs> It's the most wonderful moment of my career. Right. <laughs> Barely had time to read the contract, I imagine, to send it through legal. But they, that's great. And I think you know, it's really companies like yours that helped uh, the small businesses of this country you know, survive. We all were, were hurting back then. So then what happened then? Like you stood up a PPP program quickly for a number of these people. You know, PPP program is, is ended. I mean, there was obviously a second round and, and what have you. But what's happened since the PPP ended? You know, we brought in all these customers to PPP and then have been talking with them, you know, hey, like, what's next for you guys? You guys just launched probably the first digital lending program you've ever managed. What's next? Want to keep it up? And so <laughs> we're seeing an increasing number of banks say, 
Yes. And uh, right now, a little over a third of our banks are working with us on other products and uh, they're moving at bank speed again. And so it's going to take a while, I think, for banks to emerge from COVID and PPP. It's really going to take most of next year, I think, for banks to truly return to normal. But what we are seeing from our customers, at least, is pretty strong demand to use this digital process for more and more products inside the bank, which is super exciting. Obviously, for us as a company, it's exciting, but I, I just think it's great for the industry. It is this lightning strike moment where banks have had to step forward multiple years in their digital journey. So do you think that, you know, is, is it close to 100% of banks that realize now that they have to have a digital journey or are some still saying, you know what, that was a one-off thing, forget it, we're just going to go back to what we did before? I think every bank has realized that they need a digital journey. I think some banks have decided that they're just going to sell instead of building it. Right. Okay. Those are the ones who aren't working on it. It's my take. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So then as you look at small business lending in general, you know, I talked to some of the the non-bank lenders that uh, say that demand is starting to come back from the small businesses themselves. What are you seeing with your clients as far as small business lending demand? I would agree that demand is starting to come back. We've seen volume on our platform, gosh, double over the last quarter or so for traditional loans. So that's exciting. Right now, it's mostly in lines of credit, credit cards, not big chunky term loans. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't mean to make it sound like volume is through the roof, but we are definitely seeing more engagement from our bank's customers, for sure. Right. It sounds like what you said that, you know, sometime next year, you think that we'll be back to a more like 2019 type environment? I think so. You know, I think the bank's attitude is they're only starting to think about pushing volume next year, maybe the very end of this year. We've pretty consistently heard that they'll be responsive and have been responsive to inbound requests, but they're not going to get back to really pushing volume until uh, later on this year. Right, right. So I want to talk about automation. And I read recently you've you've added some automated lending features. Can you just um, dig into that? It's something that I find really interesting as part of the, the business lending process. So I can maybe just explain a little bit about how our platform works yep. and talk about like what we can automate today and what we're going to automate soon. So we believe there needs to be a fully digital end-to-end -end journey, not just for the customer, but like for the bank. Right. Like, you know, most right. banks still do a whole lot of decisioning manually. They're literally still typing in business financials into a spreadsheet to make a decision. And so, you know, we started off fully automating fairly simple, unsecured, basic business credits. And we've done loans in as fast as two minutes and 57 seconds from the business starting the application to having created the money by API in the bank account. So wow. that's truly fully automated. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can do it faster than three minutes. And our journey enumerated has been kind of handling more and more complex credits. And so today we can do a full digital journey and secure against a piece of collateral, a, a truck or a piece of equipment, you know, or some element of working capital against inventory or whatever the business has to put against it. We can digitize that entire journey. Where we're going next is to be able to analyze the financials of the business in real time whether it's from accounting systems or documents that are uploaded and be able to either have the bank make an instant decision based on those financials 
or maybe it's a light touch. You know, the bank will probably want to take a quick look, but it's the click of a button to approve a loan as opposed to manually typing things in. And then the closing process looks the same for more complex loans as it does today on our system. It's all digitized, docu-sign, done electronically without any need for face-to-face or paper. And so handling those more complex credits uh, with the click of a button is going to be really exciting. There is no other bank lending platform that is doing that today. Right, right. And so what about the different types of loans that, that banks offer? I mean, I mean, some banks will, will have a whole equipment finance section. Some will just do commercial real estate. Within sort of the breadth of different types of loans, are you, are you covering it all or where do you focus? So today we have pretty robust support for what a bank would call CNI lending, which is essentially all business lending outside of real estate, which is going to include a level of equipment lending for most banks. It's going to include working capital lines. But the big product for most commercial banks is commercial real estate. Mm -hmm. It's where most of their portfolio is. It's where they're very competitive or it's where they're hard to beat. And that is the next big product for us. Nobody has created the fully digital commercial real estate loan yet. Right, And we aim to, it should take us until about Q1. Right, because some of those loans are obviously large. I mean, they're sometimes tens of millions of dollars. And uh, for having a loan like that, I don't know how much a bank is going to want to automate, but is there a difference when you're dealing with these larger loan sizes? When you think about the dynamics that are in play for a $10 million loan, it starts to make sense to spend some person time. Right. You know, for a smaller credit, you need low touch. You really need automation for a larger credit. I think the automation is as much about making it a good experience for the customer, making the bank certain that it's followed its process, as opposed to necessarily trying to get people out of the mix. Right. You should spend at least a few hours just making sure that the documentation reflects and the loan terms reflect what you've negotiated with the business. So I don't think the end game is the same for a commercial real estate loan. And then what about the other end of the spectrum, like the small business loans? There are obviously banks that will do you know, small business. I mean, I know fintechs have really focused on that area, like the sub 250K loan space, but you know, there's more and more banks that are interested, it seems to me anyway, in that space. I mean, and that's where I think, as you say, you need a high level of automation. And then you're talking about potentially connecting with accounting systems. I mean, how, how is that end of what you're offering? How is that different? That's the end where we've had our two minute and 57 second loan, right? right? Where you can do full automation. The exciting thing for most banks, because they already have a number of relationships on the depository side, it is push button capital, right? That can be instantaneous because they've already done KYC on our system. They're already doing the underwriting in advance. We're evaluating their customers on a continuous basis. And so you, know, you can offer capital in real time. It's pretty exciting. There's really nobody else who can do that for a business versus their bank. Push button capital has been our, uh, our focus on the smaller end. Right, right. You know, I noticed earlier this year, I think it was, in the, uh, the Inc. 5000 rankings came out and I always look to see what are the fintech companies that are, that are ranking high and you were very highly ranked. I think it was number 32. You know, walk me through sort of what's gone into that extremely rapid growth for any company and particularly for someone like yourself. What have you done behind the scenes to really enable that growth? It's been pretty crazy (laughs) and kind of just keeping up with it has been tough. 
in the early days of COVID and PPP, it was just hand-to-hand combat every day and night. So we ended up becoming the number one platform, as far as we know, for PPP loans for banks and credit unions. We did about 8% of the last round of the program through our platform. And just handling all of that as a team of like 55 people for most of it, we just worked really hard. Honestly, there's no other way to say it. We were working 20-hour days because we've got a super committed team who was just in it and wanted to make a difference. And then, you know, starting about, about a year ago, we were able to scale hiring, scale the team, invest in the team. Gosh, it's just been like nonstop company building since then, you know, figuring out our processes, redoing our org structure, elevating some leaders, and just making sure we're ready to handle all of these new customers that we have and give them a good experience. And so, um, you know, it's it's the entrepreneurial journey, right? You know, handle growth waves when they when they come and then just build as fast as you can. Right, right. What's the business model there? Are you Is this like a SaaS type product where you're charging a monthly fee? Are you charging you know, basis points on originations or is it a combination? Yeah, it's a combination. You know, we do charge an annual SaaS fee for the platform based on kind of which components of it you want to use. And then um, we will typically charge a loan fee as well for all the loans that we close. Right. I want to switch gears a little bit and just talk about the you know, the overall digital lending space that uh, has, particularly on the small business side, has been totally turned upside down over the last two years, but in potentially a good way for the most part. What are the trends that you're really focused on when you look at the digital lending space today? I think the most interesting thing that we are seeing right now that's maybe a newish trend is that no one lender is going to have it all. And that goes for banks, that goes for fintechs, it goes for everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, different lenders have different expertise and gone are the days you just go to Bank of America for whatever you need, right? And so we see an increasing porousness between balance sheets and between partners. And fintechs have long partnered up and that's just part of the model when you're building a technology company. Mm -hmm. Banks have not. I think they're going to start fast. And so we're having an increasing number of conversations about our platform. You know, hey, you have a digital lending platform. It's much more flexible than anything else I've got installed at the bank. Who else can you plug into to help us out? Where else are these other data sources I want to look at? Can you get them into your system? I'd love to actually pull different lenders involved in a loan. Can you help with that? Can you help me find customers? And so, you know, we think that there's a huge opportunity to help our banks partner up in the same way that there are any technology companies listening to this, that we all know how to do that in tech because you have to. Banks can do it too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Right, right. Gaze into your crystal ball then and see like, where are we going here with the technology? I mean, is automation really the the big trend? I'm, I'm thinking like five to 10 years out. What are your predictions? What do you think is going to happen in the business lending space over the next five to 10 years? Automation is certainly required. Banks have to go provide more efficiency to their shareholders. Only where they're going to find it is through automation. Customers are going to demand better experiences. The only way you're going to get it is automation. I think we'll be like substantially at the end of that story in five to 10 years. It always takes longer in banking than you think, but (laughs) that's going to be mostly done. I think the next wave is going to be 
about partnerships and about agility in creating partnerships and banks who have that mindset, which they have not in the past, that, gosh, I like every, all the answers are not inside these four walls. The banks are so intensely inward looking sometimes. Right. They got to get out and they've got to realize they have a role to play amongst other providers. That's going to be fascinating. I actually don't think we'll be talking about fintech in five to 10 years because anybody involved in financial services is going to have to have a fintech mentality. Right, right. You may or may not have a charter, but who cares? Sure. And then what about the big tech companies? Because you see Amazon has a big lending operation. You've got you know, Shopify, Square, PayPal. These are all massive companies with really big big lending operations, obviously focused on the small, sometimes the very, very small businesses that banks don't really want to serve anyway. But it's interesting to me that tech companies are really focusing on this space. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about those tech companies? And you know, do you think that for banks, are they, are they really going to eat into banks' market share, do you think? Or is it really they're serving separate markets? I think it depends on what sector of banking that you mean. If you look at the Apple program, Goldman is in there as a partner, yep. so they've got a bank in the mix. If you look at not all of Amazon's lending, but a lot of it, Chase is in there as a partner. And so I think large banks, money center banks, will probably do just fine. I think banks that are a notch or two down will learn how to partner and can be capital sources to big tech companies. I think largely big tech companies are not going to want a balance sheet themselves. They'll mm-hmm. look for a balance sheet. I think smaller banks that don't find partnerships will have their product set and customer set eroded. Yes. Right. And those banks will probably get acquired by ones who have a strategy. Makes sense. Makes sense. Last question then, what's next for Numerated? Can you give us any insights on what you're doing as far as you know product expansion, growth, that sort of thing? Digitizing the end-to-end lending experience for all of business and commercial lending is right in front of us. And so we're going to make some announcements over the next two, three months. That's going to make it clear how we are going to power that. We're pretty excited about it. And then after that, an increasing number of partnerships to bring value into our ecosystem of banks is where our next wave of growth will be. And so too early for me to say anything about what that is going to be. But we view that as kind of the, the next wave of growth. Okay. We'll look forward to hearing about that. And uh, Dan, uh, with that, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it was great to be here. Thank you. Okay. See you. Interesting point that Dan made there towards the end about fintech and how we're not going to be talking about fintech in five to 10 years. And that that may well be true, but we're going to be talking about technology. And I think that is, I think it's his point that banks are going to have to be very tech centric. It can't just be part of what they do. It's got to really reverberate around everything. It's got to be really in the culture. And I think there's certainly banks that are there already and you know, those that aren't probably realizing they have to do that. And it's going to be interesting to watch, as he said, but technology has come a long way just in the last couple of years, even. I think technology is not going to stand still there. It is going to keep getting better. So even in even in five or 10 years time where we think the technology is so much more advanced, it's going to keep advancing. It's a never ending cycle. So going to make very interesting to uh, to watch. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. 
Today's episode was brought to you by Lended Fintech Latam, the region's leading fintech event. It's happening both online and in person in Miami on December 7th and 8th. Latin America is still the hottest region for fintech in the world, and Lended Fintech Latam features the leading players in the region. So join the LATAM fintech community this year where you will meet the people who matter, learn from the experts, and get business done. In-person and virtual tickets are available at lendit.com slash LATAM. Listener.